Welcome to the Five Star Life Show, your home for content related to education, parenting, and changing wrong mindsets so you can live a five-star life. I'm your host, Coach Seth. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio, uh, you know, with my with my co-host and producer, Brandon. Brandon, welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it all today. You're doing it all. He's not at the table. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, um, he is at the producer table, so it's just me. Uh, but he is behind the scenes, so I'm kind of looking at him, talking to him. Um, we've got a great show lined up for you today. If you just stumbled across the show, uh, make sure you take time when you're in front of your computer or phone to go to fivestarlife.org. It's the word five, the word star, the word life.org. Learn more about the mission we're on to change the face of education, sports, and culture. Culture is is not doing so. If you'd rate culture, Brendan, what would you give the U.S. culture, like the society, like out of from one to five? What would you rank? One being the worst, five being the best. What would you rate the culture of our nation right now? Are you trying to get me canceled? <laughs> is that what you're trying to do? I don't think anybody's going to cancel here. No, um, I think I'm going to I'm going to play it simple here, easy here, and I would probably give it a three. That is, safe. and we're probably on the we're on the low side. If anything, I would lean more towards two than four. Why? Well, we're obviously very divided as a country right now, and that, I think that's the most obvious reason is. In any issue, there it's there's two sides to it, and it's completely divided. It's not a. I can understand that your viewpoints are different than mine. It's you see something different than me, and I don't agree with it, and you're wrong because of it. It's very divisive, and I don't. That's where I think we have a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. It's you're on this side or that side. Choose. Mm-hmm. It seems like everywhere you turn, people want to force us to draw a line. Or they draw the line, mm-hmm. and they say, which which side are you going to be on? Are you going to be for me? Are you going to be against me? Is It's going to be black. It's going to be white. It's it's the most insane thing I've ever seen. I, I just had a birthday, and I'm now I'm now 21 years old. And so in the last 21 years, a lot has changed. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not 21. Um, I'm 45, baby. 45 nice. feels good. And but but over forty five years, the world has changed so much. I mean, I feel like the world has changed um, just in the last ten years. It's changed like five times. Oh yeah, I mean, even I'm young ish. I'm I can barely say that anymore. But even for me, like ten years ago was way different than it is now. Just being a uh, what it was like when I was a student versus when I was a teacher were large gaps in how society was. Yeah, so so life has changed, and, and you brought up um, everything is so divisive, and that plays right into what we want to talk about today, and that is conflict. Um, everywhere we turn, it seems like there's some sort of conflict, whether it's with people in our family, 
whether it's people at work, um, whether it's, you know, it it seems to just transcend everything um, and everywhere we go. There's some form of conflict. Even when you turn on the TV, there is now conflict. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's conflict over, like, what news station you watch, whether you're, like, a Fox News supporter or CNN. CNN. Like, that's that's a divisive (laughs) subject. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's crazy. Here's another question, like, why are those the two we're steered toward? toward? Right. <laughs> Where can we get information? You know, I think that's the whole other thing. It's like there's a conflict over what truth is. Truth is no longer truth. It appears that there is no truth. Or, or what you believe to be the truth. You could be, it's divisive on that. It's, yes. It's wild. Everything. So everything seems to be up for, up for grabs. So there's conflict everywhere. So today we're going to have a conversation about how to master conflict. And the number one, we're going to start with the number one source of conflict. And it, it's not your coworker. It's not your spouse. It's not your sibling. It's not um, your children. It's not your parents. It's not that, that boss. It's none of those things. The number one source of conflict is you. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a tough statement. That's a tough pill to swallow. That's what it is. <laughs> So me, I, I am my own. I will say that that, that sounds much better when I talk about myself. Mm-hmm. I am Seth Most. Coach Seth is is the number one source of conflict for Coach Seth and Seth Most. I am my biggest source of conflict. And some may wonder, what does that mean? You you have issues with yourself. You 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 just like to beat yourself up. What is it? Well, um, research says that. You know, the, the thing that, that really triggers conflict most of the time is unrelated to the conflict at hand. So think about this. Think about the time that you had some kind of a conflict with someone and it just took you off guard. You're like, what is, I mean, it's the person at the grocery store. It's a person at work that you, you're totally cool with. You have you, maybe a person at the grocery store. You've never met them, seen them in your life before, but they're mad at you and they're causing a conflict. Like, why am I being drugged into this? Why are you, what do I do to you? Has nothing to do with you. I, th- I think that's a lot of, and why you're the, the source of it is, is how you, in, how you take in that situation. Like you could hand, like go into a situation and be conflictual with it. And I can experience that same situation and not have any conflict with it. And it's all because of how I perceive it and how you perceive it. Yeah. So, so that, that means a good point. Um, so one person walks into a grocery store and there's someone that's rude or gives them a look, depending on, on what kind of conflict you have within you. And what your mindset is <laughs> depends on how you react to that dirty look or to that offensive comment or whatever. Slow service, you name it. Yeah, and I'm one who is probably the least conflictual person in those circumstances. I'll probably apologize to you if you mess up my order or <laughs> you give me a dirty look. I'll be the one to apologize. And so that's that's why, like for me, that was like a click of it's totally how you perceive that situation. I see no situation where I like need to verbally get angry at someone at the grocery store or at a restaurant or in public where there's other people that like 
right away they're they're going zero to a hundred on on this situation, and that's how they react, and that's how they respond. And that's because of their perspective, but it's because they have some inner conflict already. There's something in them that is easily triggered, right? That that's why we react that way. So th- this is a a big conversation, and um, ultimately, if if you want to master conflict, um, you have to start by looking at your relationship with yourself. Yeah. I mean, and that's hard to to really look at yourself and evaluate how you're handling these situations or how you might be the problem in handling these situations is is tough. The, the problem is this. If you don't have a good relationship with yourself, if I don't like Coach Brandon, I can just leave the vicinity. Mm-hmm. If I don't, if I'm having a, a a bad time in my marriage, uh, you see people walk it all the time. That happens. If you have a bad relationship with yourself, that's a problem, a major problem, because everywhere you go, you take yourself with you. Yeah, you can't you can't run away from that, <laughs> right? Everywhere I go, there there I am. And so, who we are, um, our identity is made up of a, a couple things. Our, our self-concept or self-image. can be called self-concept, your self-image. The snapshot, the image you have of yourself. When you think about you, what comes to mind? How do you see yourself? So that's your self-concept, your self-image. So our identity is made up of our self-image, self-concept. Secondly, it's made up of our self-esteem. How we feel about ourselves. So how we feel and how we see ourselves, that makes up our identity. And deep down, um, there are parts of us that we have this ideal version of ourselves, this ideal snapshot and image and concept of ourselves. Ideally, I see myself being an incredible father, an incredible husband, an incredible leader, a compassionate person willing to help anybody, a servant leader, right? Full of just, I want to, my ideal self is I ooze kindness and love and just being a, a person that instills goodness and brings out the best. That's my ideal self. When I when I talk to groups about their ideal self, I always say, if I were to ask your boss or for basketball players, I say, if I were to ask another coach about you, what would they say about you? Or what would you want them to say about you? That's that's your ideal self. Do you want them to say you're lazy, you don't work hard, you're late? Or do you want them to say, you know what, they work hard when no one else is looking, they're always in the gym, they're they're doing things the right way. It, it's twofold. You, It's all about what do you want people to say about you. That's a really good thought. It's a really good question. I love having Coach... Coach Brandon on the show. So, so, and then the flip side, so you have your ideal self. And then, uh, to your point, there's this feared self that we're going to dive into on the next segment. We'll be right back after this. Did you know that you can bring the values, lessons, and mindsets Coach Seth discusses on the Five Star Life podcast to your local community? Schools are searching for programs and content that work. Just a simple introduction to your teacher or principal could be a game changer in your community. Inquire at fivestarlife.org and someone from our team will be in touch. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I am your host, Coach Seth. 
and I'm joined in studio with the one and only co-host today and producer, Coach Brandon. Thank you. You are just stepping up your intros. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I, I think I am. Thanks for that compliment. I think I think that was a pretty good intro for you. Every Every day. Every time you're getting better at it. <laughs> well, that's because I am, I'm living in this moment as my ideal self, Brandon, um, the, the person I want to be. Clever. And that's an encouraging, kind person that really thoughtfully introduces people. You know, you ever been with somebody when they just totally forget to introduce you? They're talking to somebody, they, like, they, they just don't introduce you to all this, ignore you. I, I am that person. <laughs> you forget about it? <laughs> well, I don't forget about it. I'm just bad at introducing. Like if I, if I have someone with me and... Yeah. And I run into someone I know I'm yeah. bad at. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is so-and-so. Yeah. So because you for, forget about it or you just in the moment feel awkward? Uh, it's probably awkwardness. Yeah. I'm a, I'm an introvert so mm-hmm. uh, naturally. So mm-hmm. that whole introduction, hey, this is so-and-so, it's that awkward moment. We've all, we all do that sometimes. Like there's – I definitely – that's one of those weird things where – when you when you fail to properly introduce somebody, you just feel bad. It's, oh, yeah. a, it's a weird thing where you it's a something we never really talk about. But when you fail to introduce somebody, or you, it's almost like they're an afterthought. You just end up feeling really bad. Well, and I'm <laughs> bad at introducing myself too. So if I'm on the other end of it, and okay. I'm with someone, I don't always step in and introduce myself either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the last segment, we we left off. We were talking about this this idea of mastering conflict. Conflict is everywhere, literally. At every turn, there's conflict. The key to living a five-star life is to become a master at conflict. If we don't learn the skill of mastering conflict, not just managing it, but mastering it, not just enduring it, but learning how to be masters at it, the level of of life, like the, the whole quality of life we live comes up a notch because so many of us live in fear about confrontation, about conflict. We dread it. We hate it. Mm-hmm. When we sniff it out or smell it or see it coming, we're dreading it's coming at the next you know meeting we're at or the next family encounter or the next whatever. We, we go through life fearful of conflict. A hundred percent. And like, I, well, I have, multiple jobs where like I was a teacher for so many years, basketball coach like that just breeds conflict. And I think there's two sides to it. There's someone who's like super confrontational. And then like, there's someone like me who I kind of avoid conflict at all costs if I can, but to really be a master, it's more about handling it. And can you take that confrontation, that conflict and, respond the right way that's i think where you're a master at conflict if you can take someone coming at you all angry confrontational and respond in the right way and de-escalate it that's when i think you're a master at conflict and for people that you have to work with or live with Mm -hmm. mastering conflict also involves being able to read It, it takes some uh some social awareness being able to read the vibe and see like this person, there's something here. They're, they're conflicted about something. It may have to do with you. It may not. But but just learning how to recognize when somebody else is conflicted and not be afraid of it, mm-hmm. not shy away from it. But when it's a small fox, when it's a small issue, 
being able to navigate that with grace intact so that that small conflict stays a small conflict. Yeah, being able, being, being able to hit it head on and recognize it before it turns into something bigger is huge. Like you could avoid avoid the situation, avoid the conflict, and then it just gets into a, it builds. Whereas if you identify it early and respond the right way, squashes it. Yeah. So so we're going to dive in. We're going to do the next several shows. We're going to talk about several ways that you can master conflict. Actually, there's uh, six lessons on how to master conflict. Um, this one is all about first, we start with inner conflict. Inner conflict has to do with our identity, how we see ourselves, our self-image, our self-concept, how we, the snapshot we have of ourselves. And part two is our self-esteem, how we feel about ourselves. And so we have this ideal version of who we want to be. Uh, as Brandon mentioned, it, it's if you'd ask other people um, and you'd think about what you'd want other people to say about you. Yeah. Um, it's all those positive things, hard worker, person of integrity, trustworthy, kind, loving, thoughtful, generous, fun, dynamic, charismatic, whatever you want. Right. And then there's the opposite side is the feared self, which is same question, right? Essentially, but it's it's really what what qualities or what do you fall prey to? So what are your bad habits or I guess what are the things that you wouldn't want anyone to say about you? That's your feared self. Yeah, so it, it's, um, it's the fear that we're going to be um, – less than who we want to be. We're going to be deceptive. We're going to be manipulating. We're going to be, um, um, we're we're going to be a loser. We're going to be a failure. We're going to be insecure. We're going to be whatever, um, average, mediocre, dishonest, dishonest, any of anything that's a negative quality really. Yeah. So, so we have this ideal self. We have this feared self. And what happens is when I make a choice in a conversation, in a meeting, um, just throughout the day, I make a decision to do something, say something that does not follow as my ideal self, but is in the realm of my feared self. When I make that decision to uh, lie a little bit, manipulate a little bit, um, deceive a little bit. Um, uh, maybe I, maybe I, I say something out of anger, do something that's hurtful. Uh, maybe I, whatever, I, for, I forget to do something I'm supposed to. I drop a ball at work, whatever. When I live as my feared self, not as my ideal self, that's, that's, that's where the inner conflict comes in. Yeah, when you're, you're battling with, this is who I want to be and this is how I'm acting, that's where you have that inner conflict where, I mean, I know personally if I do something wrong towards someone or do something that I'm not proud of, like I overthink it and now it, it's living in my head and I'm just constantly beating myself up over it. And that's that inner conflict of now I'm telling myself that I'm not good enough or I'm a failure or I handled that wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's crazy because I remember when I was a kid, I had, I was at the park 
And um, this kid came to me. I was, I don't know, maybe eight years old or something. And an older kid came to me. I was playing with like a, a toy car or truck or something at the playground in the sand. And this kid comes up. I didn't know him. He was, he was a kid that I'd never met before. He comes over and he's like, hey, can I play with your car? I was like, no, because I didn't know if he was going to steal it. I didn't know who he was. So I was like, no. And he just wound up. He punched me right in the stomach. And I was shocked. I was like, what in the world? Knocked the wind out of me. I'm down the ground, you know? And it was a, it was a gut punch. Right. Totally surprised me. Knocked the wind out of me. It's kind of how we feel about ourselves because we, we make a decision to live as our feared self. We make bad decisions, bad actions, whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's a gut punch because we feel awful about who we are. Oh, yeah. Like it's that immediate regret yes. of, of that, what just happened, of what you, how you just handled that situation. Yeah. So, and what that is in a nutshell is when we choose not to live by the five slave value of integrity, we, we have no integrity. Integrity is who we are when, like, who we really are when nobody's looking. Right. Because when you, when someone's watching you, you're usually making, most of the time you're making the right decisions. But when no one else is watching the decisions you choose to make, that's, that's truly you. You're not, I'd think of it kind of like, so when I taught, I was observed by the principal uh, twice a year. And when you're observed by the principal, you like, you put on your show. Like that's the best, <laughs> that's the best teaching my class is getting when the principal's in there. Right. But who am I when the principal's not around? That's, that's the real me. That's similar to that integrity. Yeah. And, and that's huge. So, so, I want to pause here, but when I come back, I want to unpack this a little more because there's some there's some things we can do to make sure we're not giving ourselves a gut punch and we're not experiencing this inner conflict. Five Star Life is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to changing the face of culture by changing kids' mindsets. Since 2005, we've impacted hundreds of thousands of lives thanks to the generous support of individuals, small businesses, corporations, and foundations. Are you interested in helping Five Star Life grow into all 50 states? With your donation or introduction, you can help bring Five Star Life to your community, school, and state. Go to fivestarlife.org and send us an email today. That's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-L-I-F-E dot O-R-G. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with my co-host and producer, Coach Brandon. Ah, thank you, Seth. So, you know, we're, we're talking about conflict, how to master conflict, and that at the root of conflict, the number one source of conflict is me. I am the number one source of conflict in my life. Uh, that, that is a tough reality. I think until we acknowledge that, we're not going to master conflict. Because most people, Brandon, do you agree, blame Conflict is almost never my fault from the perspective of other people. I don't know many people that will truly ex- acknowledge that they're a part of the problem. It's usually they did this, they did that. There are very few people that are going to just admit that, you know, I'm part of the problem. So you you cannot have conflict with uh, literally – it takes two to have conflict. 100%. Now, if I can master conflict, 
I'm really not conflicted, even if somebody else is having conflict with me. They have an issue. It, when you're a master, you get to a point where they can be triggered, they can be upset, and you're totally at ease, totally at peace because you're you're grounded in who you are, and you can just have a conversation, and you can think so clearly that you can navigate the conversation, what to say in the conversation, what not to, what not to say, or even if it's even uh, valid to be having the conversation whether the person can handle it or not. Well, it's time to walk away. And you're at peace with yourself because you know you handled it the right way. And if there's still any conflict left on their end, that's that's their conflict. But if you handled it the right way and you're comfortable with yourself and how you handled it and you're masterful in that, you're not going to have any inner conflict. Correct. And I always say this. <clears throat> my, my word this year is love. That's my theme for the year. I'm trying to ground myself in love. And I love it because it's so simple. It's such a simple thing, uh, challenging to live out. But let's talk about how being grounded in love would help me in conflict. Because some people are probably listening thinking, well, that's really arrogant to think. I'm not going to feel bad about the conflict because I handle it great. That's like arrogance. That's pride, whatever. Well, if you're grounded in love and you know that love is, is your motive and that like what you said, what you did was said out of love and was said uh, w- not to try to win, not to try to manipulate, not to try to push somebody down, but just to try to, to try to show love to them. Th- that's when you can walk away saying, okay, maybe it wasn't the, the execution wasn't perfect. And I'm going to work on that and tweak that. But being a master is like getting to a point where you can feel pretty good about, man, I, I, I was operating out of love and I executed out of love. That that's powerful. I mean, but if you really th- and if you really think about it, when you act out of love, it's it's a positive response. It's, there's no negativity in that response, and it's going to be taken better. Like they're going to take that in a lot better. I think about like last night. I had a basketball game and I used to be a pretty conflictual coach or I would like, I'm always yelling. I'm always screaming, which is out of character for me. But when I coach it, I would love to see that. I'm like, I'm trying to picture you yelling and screaming. I just can't see uh, it. I've, I've thrown clipboards. I have a broken (laughs) clipboard. I, I've broken marker caps because I threw a marker on the ground and the cap broke. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was a moment last night where, um, we were probably down 10 or 12 points and it's probably a key possession. We're coming down the floor and a girl passes the ball to an open teammate and she just doesn't catch it. Like there's almost no reason for her not to catch it other than she just flat out didn't catch it. There wasn't a bad pass. It was right to her. She was wide open and immediately she kind of just sunk and like her body language went down and you know, it was like, I'm embarrassed. I'm mad at myself. And two years ago, a year ago, I probably would have hit a chair, like slammed my hand on a chair or yelled something or just shown some negative energy is really what it is. Which, which would have really motivated her to do better. <laughs> oh, yeah. But instead, what I, <laughs> what I did, I looked at her and I said, next play. I said, it doesn't matter if you worry about that. It's not going to matter anymore. You can't change that. You just drop that pass. 
But what can you change? You can impact playing defense right now, and you can get a steal. You can make something else happen. I said, forget about that. I'm not any more happy than you are about it, but let's move on. And the varsity coach was sitting on the bench, and he was like, he's like, wow. Like, <laughs> that is growth for you. Well, that, <laughs> that you just said that. that. That's so powerful because what a great illustration. Because you were functioning as your ideal self, mm-hmm. if you would have, if you would have had inner conflict, if you, because when uh, uh, as a coach, when players make mistakes, there's a lot of coaches out there that they get embarrassed and they think it's something on them. Mm-hmm. They, they somehow take it very personally. They get yeah. angry. They get afraid that man, I got the wrong person in there, and, and all of a sudden fear wells up within them. And they react as not their ideal self, but oh. as their field, feared self. There's so many things that looking <clears throat> back as a coach that I've like said or done, and they're not overly bad, but I'm just kind of like, mm, I'm, I'm embarrassed with myself of how I acted. And just taking the girls through, we're taking them through the five-star curriculum this season. And it's been, I've been really intentional about how I talk to them and and how I act. Because if I'm going to take them through the curriculum and talk to them about having a positive mindset, not using negative self-talk and all these things, I can't turn around and yell negative things at them and and tear them down. That's tough. You put yourself in a tough position. And I think all all the coaches who implement five-star curriculum or will implement five-star curriculum, there's, there's a little challenge there because now you're holding yourself to a higher standard. If you're going to talk about these things as a team, these values, these mindsets, are am I going to model them <laughs> as the adult in the room, right? Whether you're a leader in a business, whether you're a school teacher, whether you're a coach, whether you're a parent, you start going through five star. Now I've got a, I've got some accountability. Well, yeah, it puts pressure on you. I can't sit in front of the room and implement curriculum and not believe what I'm telling people or not try to at least live by those values myself. It just doesn't seem right to me, at least, that I'm telling these girls to um, use positive affirmations and talk to themselves in a positive way and build up their confidence and do all these things that I can't do the opposite. So it's been really, it's been a growing year for me. And we have also, I have a JV team that's um, not as successful as, teams I've had in the past and it's all it's been a lot about growth for us this year and so I've really taken it upon myself to not only live by those values because we're going through the lessons but because I want to see growth in them Mm -hmm. and it would do me no good to yell at them every game we lose well it's a principle in life this can apply to business to parenting to any relationships when people fail when people make mistakes whether on purpose on accident when they fail if we have inner conflict going on within us, insecurity, fear, whatever, fear, I'm going to lose this game, that, that, that missed opportunity to catch and score is going to lose. If I respond in fear, now what I'm doing is I'm putting that fear on that player mm-hmm. and I'm shaming them publicly. And what I'm, it, it's the most demotivating strategy there is. And just go to a local, I don't care if it's football, basketball, it doesn't matter what sport is, you watch and you see there's very few coaches that understand human motivation. Right. Very few. 
Very few that in those moments. Now, there's a time to break a clipboard Mm -hmm. and to yell. Yeah. To motivate. But it's being fully under control and it's out of love knowing that this player needs me to, they need some fire right now from me. Mm -hmm. It's not out of anger. It's not out of fear. It's out of love and knowing this person needs a little a little boost right now. But most of the time, when a player makes a mistake, it's just next next play. And it has to be because you don't want that one mistake to turn into three more mistakes. And that's that's what it's been for us all season in talking to them through the curriculum. It's, we don't want that one mistake to turn into two more mistakes. Or this happened in the game in the same game last night. Um, our a ref missed a travel call and a player's running on the floor yelling about this. You missed this travel call. What are you doing? Like, as you're yelling at the ref, the game's happening. They're in transition <laughs> scoring as you're yelling about this missed travel call. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's not the focus. Yeah. Here's, here's a challenge to any coaches out there, anybody that works with kids. Uh, I want to challenge you to, to reconsider your philosophy of motivating your players. And are you willing to, are you will, willing to allow kids to play through failure? Not five failures, but one failure. If, the, if you can give them an, another minute or two to play through that, to get a win, to, to pick themselves back up, then sub them, it will cause them to go back in totally different. By the way, it works for parenting, works for business, works for everything. We got a break. Five Star Life offers year-round programs for kids at our 350-acre training facility that we call Summit. These programs focus on three core components. First, each program includes lessons from our curriculum that targets kids' mindset. Secondly, each program teaches a skill like equine, archery, blacksmithing, basketball, fishing, boating, and many more. Thirdly, our programs connect kids to mentors we call coaches who are trained to help kids live a five-star life. Go to fivestarlife.org to learn more or sign up your kids. Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with producer and coach Brandon. Welcome back. Thank you, Seth. So, uh, Brandon, um, you've taken groups through um, this lesson and you have some notes in front of you. What are some of the concepts? I want people listening to be able to go through this process. And I want to just encourage everybody who's listening to this show. I I really want you to take a moment to process some of these things. If you were at a place you can, if you're driving, you can really think about these things. If you're at home, I encourage you to get out your journal. If you you don't journal, have a journal. I would highly encourage you to pick up a journal, spiral notebook, something. If you're going to listen to this, this, this show, this podcast consistently, I would, I would get yourself a, a, a dollar journal and start writing some of these things down. Research says when you start writing things and processing it, it takes your brain neurologically to this different level of learning and growing. It's sticky. How many times do you listen to something that was great and like a week later you can't even remember anything that you learned? All the time. All the time. So if you want that to be different, there's why we have a process in all of our programs. And that's why we, so when we take any group, whether it be we've been taking adults through this, uh, students go through this, The after watching the video and we, we talk to them, the first step is 
Let's journal it. Let's write it down. Let's get our thoughts on paper. And there's multiple reasons why you do that. A lot of, you, you get clearer thoughts when you start to write it down on paper. Your, your mind starts to be kind of focused and you really get some clear thoughts out on it. But it also helps you come back to it. And with, uh, with Ad- Edwardsburg players that are going through it, with um, anyone I take through it, I always encourage to keep the notes and go back to it in some way. Put it somewhere where you're going to see it, depending on what is involved in the notes. Um, with this lesson, I actually always start with a story about a player um, because this this lesson is all about yourself, and it, it really makes you take a hard look at yourself. So I always start with this story about um, a girl on our five-star basketball team, and she um, probably one of the best players on her high school team, one of the better players on our 17U girls team. And this is a team with nine players that all are going to have the opportunity to play college basketball. And she's a girl that there's other girls on the team that like look at her and like, I want to be her as a basketball player because she's very skilled, very poised, can kind of do it all. And so we are going through this lesson at five, um, in our five-star curriculum, one practice. And it was all about, um, your self-confidence and the lesson starts out you have to say where you where your confidence is on a st- one one to five stars and they fill in the bubble and I'm walking around watching people fill this out and I look over and she has filled her star out it's either like 1.5 or like a two and I'm like did you just give yourself a two out of five stars on your your confidence and I was like and I kind of brought it up with the whole group. I was like, I know there are girls in this, on this team that like look at you as like a good basketball player, as a role model. And, and you're rating yourself as a very low confidence. And we just kind of had this discussion of people that you see from the outside that look like they have it all put together are struggling with things just like everyone else. That's a player that, is a varsity starter, great basketball player, is going to have college opportunities, but just struggles confidence. And it's all it's anxiety, it's depression, it's all those other things that she's hard on herself. I was talking to her high school coach um, earlier before the season started, and he said when we asked her to be on the team, she was concerned that she wasn't going to be able to like, get any playing time. <laughs> and I said to him, I was like, she – almost didn't come out of games. <laughs> she was like that valuable to us. And it's just that perception that people ha- you have of yourself and other people have of you can be so different. And it's the real message is not believing the lie that, mm-hmm. that you're not enough, that you're not good enough. And so I tell that story because we take you on this like internal journey in this lesson of you got to look at your self-esteem and your self-identity, your self-concept, and really dig deep. And that's kind of where I start the lesson with that story and try to make that connection of someone who looks like they're the most confident. Yeah. Maybe they're not. Yeah. And, and so once you start writing down who your, um, your ideal self is, who your feared self is, and start processing um, what is the snapshot I have of myself right now? Like, how do, how do I see myself? How do I feel about myself? 
and starting to unpack those things, you know, there's a lot there. Just where do those feelings come from? What are they rooted in? Where where's that image come from? What is that rooted in? Is it rooted in the decisions you're making? Is it because you're not living with integrity that you have that bad image of yourself or that bad self-esteem? Or is it something else? Are there some other lies that have nothing to do with some of the actions you're making? Are there labels from other people mm-hmm. that we can start to address? Well, and especially like she's an adolescent teenage girl. I mean, that's a, that's a hard time to grow up, especially in today's age when you throw in social media and all these other things. Mm-hmm. It just tears down on your self-confidence as well. But, it, yeah, it's, it's a matter of are you just being too hard on yourself or um, is it out, things you're hearing from the outside? Is it because of the right. decisions you're making? That all comes into play of why do you feel that way? Yeah. So then um, I take them through this really the process of acknowledging how do you view yourself and when where, where is your self-esteem? So what's your self-image and then what's your self-esteem? And depending on the group that I'm working with, I always kind of tie it to, uh, like when I work with basketball players, I say, well, what's your, um, what image do you have of yourself as a basketball player? And um, what is your self-esteem and how do you feel about yourself as a basketball player? So I usually try to really tie it into what we're talking about. If I'm talking with um, adults I and I'm talking to them about work, I say, well, how, what's your confidence about this area of your job or in your department or whatever we're talking about? So I really make them dive into that specific area of their life. But it also, it can be looked at whole picture too, like your personal life as well. But usually with basketball players, I tie it into exactly basketball is usually what I tie things into. Well, and these are all things that are simple, basic things. But if you don't, if you're not part of a process, chances are you're not going to take the time to even pay attention to who you, you, you are your identity, what it's rooted in, where it comes from, the voices in your head, the emotions you experience. If you aren't part of a process, our culture is moving too fast. Yeah, I mean, there. If without this curriculum, without some, a question like this prompting me, I'm, I'm not stopping to ask myself these questions. Not at all. And that's what it's so valuable to these students, to these kids that we're talking to, because they're not having these conversations with themselves either, unless they're just like a masterful person in terms of looking right. into yourself. Yeah. But I would say 98% of them are not. And a lot of us aren't. And I'm not taking that time to look into myself if I don't have stuff like this in front of me. Yep. And so, you know, you, we have this series on how to master conflict. And then we also have this other series on how to, how to, you know, restore confidence. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's kind of tracks that work together because you have to build a master conflict, but you also have to build confidence to be able to do that. It, it, and so we dive into mindset and those things. But I want to, as we wrap this up, I want to get back to this whole idea of integrity, like who you are when nobody's looking, the real you. I, I think a lot of the conflict that we face for a lot of people, it has to do with the decisions we make, the actions, the words, the things we choose to say or do that we then step into our feared self and then we have this inner conflict. We feel bad about ourselves, right? That impacts our self-esteem, our self-esteem and our self-image because look what we just did. That's who we are now. And then we feel the guilt and the regret of that. And it's almost like magnetic. And then we either 
make a decision like, no, I'm going to step back in integrity. I'm going to step back as my ideal self, or I'm going to stay here. This is who I am. And some people, they're stuck there with those limiting thoughts, and that's where they're at. And I I just am such a big believer that um, everybody can learn to um, love who they are. You can have a really positive identity. Like when you think about yourself, how you feel about yourself, that can all be really positive. And some of it has to do with your thinking. What You have to be a gatekeeper guarding and managing what you let into your mind, right? And is it based in truth? Now, if it's reality, yeah, I just did something bad. I need to, I need to own that and change it, right? I need to have integrity. But if it's just lies from past trauma or whatever, that's something we're going to have to deal with and let go of. It's, it's tough looking in at yourself, living in integrity is, it's huge. And honestly, integrity is one of our, our values for me. That's our, that's my favorite because it tells you a lot about a person who they are when no one else is around. It ties to basketball, it ties to just has to life. And like, do you have the power to own a mistake too? Can you make that bad decision and not turn into five more bad decisions? Yep. All right. We are out of time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go to fivestarlife.org to bring Five Star Life to your school, to your team, to your business, or get involved at fivestarlife.org. At Five Star Life, we are changing the face of culture through education and sports by changing the most important piece of a human being's life, their mindset. If you are interested in being a part of our journey, please visit fivestarlife.org for more information on volunteer and donation opportunities.